On today's episode, we're discussing some high-profile yet under-the-radar financial crime stories. And if you're a fan of Yellowstone, get ready to hear a little bit about a $5 million cattle fraud case. Yes, we're in Texas. Yes, this happens. Today, I speak with Karen Songer, who is an employee of Veritex Bank and works in our financial crimes department. And we're excited to talk to her about some things that she sees in our banking industry and how you can protect yourself from financial crimes. So tell me about a case that you had with your $5 million cattle fraud. Okay, so this would be a case where I would tell you that the smart people were really not smart. Sometimes that happens. Okay, so I worked my first 15 years in a bank that was all rural and that the cattle loans was their bread and butter. Right. In the loan world, they function, those accounts, checking accounts tied to those loans, the revolving lines of credit, which means there's always money kind of flowing back and forth through those, those loans and those checking accounts. In the real world, what it looks like those accounts are doing would be check kiting. Right. Check kiting is where there's circulation of funds that is not backed by any money. So you can take out two or three banks and you're floating checks around so that you always think hey, you have money in one account, but you're still chasing down to make sure you deposit a check at the next one before the next one hits. And it really kind of always falls apart. Right. But in this one, an elderly couple who had a son that was assisting them with the farm. We didn't realize how much he was assisting them with the farm because the checks always came in with their signatures in the parents' writing. And so the check would come in, it would overdraw the account a couple hundred thousand dollars at the most, and we would pay it because with that loan, that revolving line of credit, because then the next day we're going to get a check in that pays for that because those cows have been processed. Yeah. That's just the normal business of things. But we did have an instance with this particular customer when one day a $5 million check popped up. We reached yeah. 300,000, 300, what, 5 million? Yeah. So we reach out to them and they're like, um, I don't know anything about $5 million and I don't pay that. But that's the day after. So we get the checks in, we, we make payments, and then they try to take that money out for that loan. And that's when we put a stop to it going, okay, something's not right here. Because in reporting, to make sure that we are always with the law and everything else, there are some times that we have to reach out and file reports with the government. And one of those is a suspicious activity report. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people that I want you to think of it like this. If something ain't right about what's going on, then you need to contact me because then there needs to be an investigation so that we can look into it. And because I was the BSA officer at the time, I had left not long after this instance, but not because of it. And I got subpoenaed to do a deposition and to testify in court. Now, the lawyer spent six months doing nothing but researching BSA laws mm -hmm. because they're going to be putting me on trial because I didn't follow the laws and I didn't follow policy and I didn't report and stop this before the $5 million loss. Mm -hmm. My head was on the line. So, and they spent six months uh, researching BSA because most lawyers don't even have an in-depth knowledge of the Bank Secrecy Act. Right. But the really interesting part to why we ended up in trial was because the son of this couple had already been arrested and spent time in prison for cattle fraud and cattle rustling. <laughs> cattle rustling is where you steal cattle 
and you take it somewhere else and then try to sell it for, as yours. And we didn't know that he, he was completely running his parents' farm and ranch. And in the process, had made friends with this feed yard up in Kansas and made really good friends, so much so they gave him a blank checkbook and a stamp with their signatures so that he could write his own checks and process the cow stuff. Yeah. And so there was breakdown of, okay, who did the dumbest thing? That was kind of where I thought that we were setting, okay? And I was able to prove giving as little information as possible because of safe harbor issues and laws that I get for stuff like this, whether or not I went to all the extremes that I need to go to to take care of those things. We were able to prove uh, fiduciary responsibility is Mm -hmm. where it all lied. Who actually deserved that money in the long run? The feed yard didn't get it. The bank got to keep the money because we put it straight on their loan. But both mom and dad ended up with jail sentences. Son is never going to get out and the feed yard is bankrupt and no longer in business because we are all just chipped into the probably charismatic man and handed him away their life sentences. I love the way you said that because I think that's a big thing. When I see a common theme between all the things we've discussed is you have trusting people who listen to people who are very persuasive, tell a good story. And one of the things that I wanted to make sure that we talk about today is just that financial crimes hits all of us in some way or another, right? Absolutely. Right? I think people think it's for people who aren't smart or it's only the elderly because they're lonely. It hits a lot of different people. And I, I've seen it in a lot of different areas. I think what surprised people the most, and one of the reasons I wanted to have this podcast is just, how do you protect yourself from potential, what I'm going to call predators, which is really what this is. They would like to have your money that you work so hard for, right? They, I, they working hard at getting your money. I'm very cynical <laughs> about anything that I read. And there are moments where I'll even call my friends and go, did you just email me this? And I've taught the people around me to be cynical. Yeah. Because if, if you said at the beginning, if it is too good to be true, it is not true. <laughs> and if you're going to have to butter me up to get one, flattery will get you anywhere with me. I promise. Mm-hmm. Except in my pocketbook. So I'll give you my empathy and my sympathies. But there's a point where you're crossing the boundary here and you can just go away because I don't want to have to mess with you because you're just coming after my pocketbook. Yeah. And there's a pattern. And if you ever pay attention to anybody who like hits you up on Facebook and wants to have a chat, they're divorced, they're in the military somewhere overseas and they need help and they're, they're short on money. It is always the same story. And which I find humorous because they're still using it. If they're it calling, works, they're going to keep doing it. They're calling it now instead of love scams yeah they're calling pig butchering because they are literally fattening you up to slaughter your you financially and you can't go wrong with just being scared of everybody and running away i mean there is a point where yeah do not protect yourself know what's going on in your account i wouldn't say every moment but yeah you get the text alerts those that's genius you know and and check your online banking see what's coming through your cards right now cards are where where everybody's kind of the only time people feel that kind of possible fraud piece but i'll tell you also that every piece of our information is out on the interwebs it is not a matter of if it's a matter of when yeah and you need to be ready to lose the least amount possible when yeah. that happens.
And it doesn't matter. I heard a lot of people say, well, I don't use a debit card. I don't it doesn't use matter. It doesn't matter. That's that's not how they get to you. They have everybody's stuff. Yeah. And, and it's just a matter of when your turn comes up. And I talk to my mother all the time about don't click on the links on Facebook. Yeah. Because she kept getting hacked. You know, it's the little things that you can try to talk about to everybody around you. At least keep them safe. And then if you can keep them safe, maybe they can do the same thing with the people around them. But you just have to stay engaged. A little cynical, I think is okay when it comes to your finances and people trying to get money from you and make sure that you think through the rationale of why this man on Facebook, I don't know, is talking sweet nothings to me. I mean, I think, I mean, I wish it was that simple. Like I said, I think if people knew the statistics of how much we catch, how much doesn't get reported on, how much though we see every day. And that's one of the reasons why I want to talk about it. It's just for people to protect themselves and to be diligent in that fact that banks are also, they have a purpose to try to help protect our clients and what's going on there because financial crime affects all of us in one way or another. Yes. Yeah, it affects all of us. So it's been really great talking to you, Karen. appreciate it and um, we'll get back with more details and we'll ask everyone to not click on the name quiz on your facebook because those little tests little games they want you to play that's how they get data so please don't do that (laughs) i know i have one right now like i was trying to play games with somebody on through messenger well thank you so much karen it's been nice talking to you thank you so much i appreciate y'all all All right thanks karen (laughs)